And we're going to be starting from uh, page 139. Letter test. Letter test. Nice to see you again. And good morning, Bokritov. And the Shia is sponsored in memory of Sheila Katz, Shifra Matel Bas Eliezer, by her husband, Stan, and Shamashav and Aliyah, Mikhail Lafayette. Okay, so uh, we are again on page 139, if you have the handouts, on uh, letter test toward the bottom of the page. And. We're about to move into the Parsha of Kriyashma that talks about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is very timely now as we are heading into Pesach, so that worked out well. Letter test. Achar Kach. After one has said the first paragraph of Shema, which we have learned about for the past many weeks, Makabil Alov Ol Mitzvos. Then one accepts upon oneself the old, the yoke, or the responsibility of mitzvos, be v'haya im shamoa, in the second paragraph of Shema, which is called v'haya im shamoa. V'im v'acharkach mazku yitzias mitzrayim b'parshas tzitzis. Then, in the third paragraph of Shema, we mention yitzias mitzrayim, our exodus from Egypt, in the parsha of tzitzis. Yes. I think there was one left, and I believe that it's gone. gone, right, okay. I was down to one. Okay. V'hainu ki hine Yitzias Mitzrayim, because Yitzias Mitzrayim, our exodus from Egypt, haya tikkun gadol shenitkanu ba Yisrael. It was a great tikkun, a great repair, betterment, rectification of Klai Yisroel. And it was something that was a tikkun that we had, v'nishar hadovor l'netzah, remained within us for all eternity. And that's what we're going to spend a little time talking about, this third paragraph of Shema, which has the mention of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and this fundamental belief in our Yiddishkeit as to how Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is so essential to our life and our frame of mind and our, our way of thinking. It's constantly mentioned in the Torah. We have a, mint, a mitzvah to mention it twice a day, once by day, once by night. The Chachamim incorporated that into davening. So if one davens, Birchaz Kriyashma, they will have mentioned Itzias Mitzrayim. And you notice he says there, L'Netzach, it was something that occurred and it lasts forever. It wasn't just for that time. So now the bottom of 139, about two lines up. After the chet of Adam and Chava in Gan Eden, humanity in general remained in a lower state. And we have learned about this many times in the Derech Hashem that the chait of Adam and Chava brought people down mm-hmm. to a much different level than the one they were created on initially by Hashem. And it was in that level that the rest of history until Mashiach exists, 
we also learned that Avraham Avinu and Sarah Imenu, that they attained the level of Adam Kodem before the sin, and that is what's passed on into the Nisham of Klal Yisroh. But nonetheless, here we are in this world, which is primarily a Achar Hachet world, even though we have that Kodem Hachet spirituality within us, and we'll get back there one day. But in the meantime, after the Chet, humanity descended greatly. Kamosha Zacharnu Bechelik Rishon. As we learned earlier in the Sefer. Vehoyo Hara Misgaber Bechula. And Ra, which is evil, it spread out in the world and became strong. Ad Shalohoya Nimsamakom Latov Shchayis Chazekla. So much so that tov, goodness in the world, was not able to take hold. The af al and even though, shenivrar Avraham Avinu alavashalom, that Avraham Avinu was selected and chosen, as we just mentioned, lihiyos hu v'zaro Hashem, that both he and his descendant, descendants, the Jewish people, are Hashem, dedicated to God, Nivdalim mikol ha'umos, and we are separate and distinct from any other nation. So even though that occurred, and Avraham and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and his wives and the Shvatim, they're all in this very high madrega. But nonetheless, hine adayin lo hoya lahem makam. There still was not that place in the world that they could strengthen themselves and be prepared in the Bechina, in the way of a complete and whole nation. So the idea is this, that even though Avraham and Sora attained this and they passed it on, but there was still something lacking in terms of Jewish nationality, nationality, he says, Umma Shlema, the nation of Klal Yisroel, was still not yet quite right. We had individuals who accomplished it, those great people I just mentioned, they passed it on, but an Umma, a nation which is Shalem, had not yet been achieved. Now the seeds of that were achieved, because that was the Shvatim. The twelve tribes, the Yudbei Shivteka, they are the seeds of the, the forerunner of Klal Yisroel. And they represent the Jewish nation as it will be. And they were all Shalim. As we saw when Yaakov Avinu says to them before he passed away, they said, Shema Yisrael, they said, Baruch Shem Kavod, he said, sorry, the other way around. So they were Shalim. But to take that and then to spread that on a whole nation of people, in the hundreds of thousands of people, that had not yet been accomplished. So the Uma Shlema part of removing Ra from the world was still out there, not yet done. V'liskos la'atoros haru'uyos lohem, to be zocha to the crowns, the glory that's fitting for the Jewish people as a nation. Mipnei hara, because there still was Ra, shohoya machshich alehem, and it was making the world dark for them. Vahazuhama Harishona, and that first Zuhama, that first Tuma of the Chait in Ganeden, was still not yet rectified. 
it had not yet been fully purged. Uh, we have learned before that when that did occur was at Har Sinai. When, they, when we finally got to Har Sinai, the Chachamim say, Paska Zuhamasan, that the Tuma of the Chait was finished, was gone. Then it returned with the Chait Ho'egel, it came back. But we're working toward that complete removal of the Tuma of the Zuhama of the Chait. And in Mitzrayim, we're going to make a very significant step as a nation toward accomplishing that. So that's the Zuhama he's talking about. It had not yet been fully expunged. Valkeim, therefore, Hutzrach Sheyiglule Mitzrayim V'yishtav Dushan. It was necessary that the Jewish people be exiled into Mitzrayim, Egypt, and become slaves there. Uba'oso Hashibud Hagadol. And in that terrible and awesome slavery, Yitzorfu Kazohav Besochakur, that's a metaphor that's commonly used, they would be purged like gold in the furnace. So we, we had a lot of dross, had a lot of impurities. And the Shibud in Mitzrayim was like being in a furnace where the gold is purified. The Toharu, and to become Tohar. So that Shibud, that Avdus that we experienced there for 210 years, this was its Tachlis, to be Metahir the nation. Vehine, Keshehigia Hazman Harui, when the appropriate time came. Hashem strengthened his hashpa'a, his emanation, his light on the Jewish people. And he subdued Ra in front of them in their presence. That's the idea of the conquering of Mitzrayim, the descent of Mitzrayim. The Hivdil Osam Imenu. He separated them from us. And he lifted them from their low place, that we were at that point residing in. And he lifted us up unto him, to Hashem. So he separated us from Ra. He lifted us out of that lowness. He brought us up to him, and that was a geula geulas olam, an eternal and forever geula. Umisham v'hala hukmu l'uma From that point and onward, they became established as a full nation. Devuka bo yisporach umisateres bo. Intimately close to God and glorified in him. Let's talk about this for a minute because it's so yesodistic in our people and as we're moving toward Pesach, from, from Purim to Pesach is called Migaula Ligaula. We go from one redemption to another. So we had the Purim Geula last week, now we're headed toward the Pesach Geula. And Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is what that's all about. Now first of all, he says that when the moment came that Hashem, he, he suppressed the Ra that was in the world, and he lifted the Jewish people out of it. That's two separate things. So one is the conquering of Ra, and the other is, even though Ra is conquered, a person still has to be elevated. Right? The negative has been removed, 
but the positive has not yet been experienced. So those are two separate things that's parallel to surme rava asetov. And to depart from rava, that's not sufficient. Then you have asetov. So kofa aleim, that's what he did, I'm sorry, kofa osam, when he, when he suppressed Ra, that's what he did to Mitzrayim, the ten makos, and everything that occurred with the defeat of that nation, that's all about the conquering of Ra. Our gradual coming out of Mitzrayim, step by step, each Makkah we took another step, and finally when we left, that was the most significant step, then Kriyas Yamasuf. So that's the part about He'elam Elav, that God's lifting us toward Him, now that we're out of that negative influence of Mitzrayim. And when he says that the moment came, we, we see this a lot on Pesach, that Hashem did not wait an extra second. When it's time for the Geula, it's time. There's no lingering. And that's the idea of leaving Mitzrayim in haste, the Chippazon. It wasn't just that the Mitzrayim were pushing us out and get out, get out of here, you've, you've caused us, all the, all the firstborns are dead. That was just happening on, in the practical world. But in the spiritual world, the Geula was there, and you're done, you're out. And Hashem didn't want us to be in Mitzrayim even one extra second. So that's the chipazon there, that we're rushing to get out because the Geula is at hand, it's time. So notice his words when he says, hazman When the right time came, that means Shibur Mitzrayim is over, and now we have to be out of there fast. So we try and replicate this, of course, each year when Pesach comes and we live through the Seder, this whole process. The Pritzadik writes that each Makkah in Mitzrayim was a Makkah for the Mitzrayim and a Rafuah for the Yehudim. That each successive plague that the Mitzrayim suffered, we were healed. So that's happening ten times. Their nation is gradually descending, declining until they're destroyed one step at a time of ten, we are gradually rising one step at a time of ten. And that's happening for the Mitzrayim on one side, for Kla Yisrael on the other side, and ultimately that leads to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We don't often think about the Makos in this way. It's a Chiddush, really, from Ratzada Kakoin. We know that the Mitzrayim suffered and we didn't. We know that Hashem made a Havdolah between their nation and our nation during the plagues, that we know. But the idea that during that plague, we had a refua in a certain area of our personality ten times to make the whole person, that's not such a well-known idea. And what's interesting thing to do is try and take a look at the Makkah, how it's described in the Torah, and try and figure out how that was a refua for Klai Yisrael. So we know they were drinking blood, we were drinking water, and for them, that was horrible. For us, that was a Yeshua. Something came out of that that was refuadik, a tikkun for Klai Yisroel. And the same thing with each and every plague. So that's part of Kofo Esha He defeated Ra, and he lifted us up one step at a time to Tov. I'll just finish the next paragraph, and we'll take some questions. Vihine. Zetikun shanitkanu olamim la olamim kamosha zacharnim. Yitzias Mitzrayim was permanent and forever, like we mentioned. We were a changed people 
as a result of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and that change would last forever. V'chol hatovo shehigiu v'shemagiyos lanu. All of the good things that came to us then and that Hashem continues to bring to us, kulan tuluyos bo. They're all dependent on Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim because that is when we became Am Yisroel and the dross and the tuma was lifted off from us. Therefore, we have been commanded by Hashem to always remember it and to mention it with our mouth verbally because it's part of who we are. We're not just remembering something that happened 3,000 years ago. It's part of who we are now. says so often, it's his approach and also in Sifrei Hasidus as well, that when you do something in the present, some kind of a mitzvah that this is, then that experience of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim becomes actualized and reactualized inside of us over and over again. It's not just a memory of what happened. So it's mischazek. It's it actually becomes further internalized into us. And that tikkun of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we re-experience it each time we mention it daily, and of course on Pesach in a very large way. Umis ametz ha'orbanu, and that light becomes powerful inside of us. Umasmid banu ha'to'elas ha'nimshach min ha'tikkun ha'hu. And all the benefits that are a result of that tikkun are perpetuated on Klal Yisrael. Okay, any questions or comments? Yeah, please, Mira. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, please. Go ahead. I have two questions. Mm-hmm, please. Um, when it says here, Uma Shalem, mm-hmm. like Shalem Yeah, it's complete and whole. It's really, the, the English word perfect, you know, that only applies to Hashem. Oh. There's only one perfect oh. being, that's God. I see. But, okay. And we do use the word Shalem by Hashem, except there, that's called shlemus behechleit. That's absolute perfection. For us, a better English word is whole and complete. That's more accurate, because people can't be perfect. Please. The suffering, the, the so physical the suffering is is uh, is an act of, of becoming to her. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and is that the way it is now? If a person suffers. Yeah. If a person goes through yisurin, it's it's metahir then. It does purify them. And although you know from our side of things, it's often so hard to see that and see people going through that. But on what's happening on a deeper level is that there is a level of, of, of a type of purification that occurs through Yisurin. Yisurin memarkin, the Chachamim say, they empty us out. Memarkin, like lemarek, to empty something out. They empty us out from any impurity or ra that we have. And that's like both physical and emotional? Physical, emotional, spiritual, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we never um, impose that upon people, we never impose that upon ourselves, because we don't want to take part in that willfully. But whatever Hashem imposes upon us, 
by way of Yisurim, then that's the experience that we have to undergo. That's, that, that's in God's hands. Sure. Mrs. Diskin, please. I didn't know about people who are becoming Yeah. Okay, so what happens with the gear is that when they convert, they receive a Yiddish neshama, a Jewish soul. So once they receive that, that neshama has experienced Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And therefore now it's inside of them. That's why they can say the brachos, although there's some discussion about this in Postkin. Like, for example, can a, can a ger say the bracha in the morning, Shaloh Atani Goy? Mm-hmm. Because when they were born, they were not Jewish. Mm-hmm. But the halachas, they can. Because once they have that Jewish neshama, then you can say, Shaloh Atani Goy. But this is a new person now. This new person is Shaloh Atani Goy, and not the made a Gentile. So all of those things, the Zecher, Litzias, Mitzrayim, uh, concepts, mitzvos, experiences that we have, a ger can say them belev shalem because once they get that Jewish neshama, they have the same experience inside of them. Yeah, please, Elka. Right. So we were starting to come out, right, with the beginning of the, when the Shibud Mitzrayim stopped, slavery stopped, and the Makos began, we're already starting to rise out of the 49th level. But that's the reversal there. When the Makos start to happen, we're at the lowest of the low, and when the Makos start to happen, we're starting to rise up. And there were a few things that contributed to that. One was the Makos themselves. The other was the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh and Korban Pesach that Hashem gave us to do in Mitzrayim. That gave us another boost. So here we are, really for the first time as a nation doing a mitzvah, as an Am, Rosh Chodesh, Korban Pesach, in Mitzrayim. That was a big lift for us. So we're already on the way up at the very end there. But yes, as Elka mentioned, and we have learned, that we did reach the 49th level of Tuma in Mitzrayim, and we were at the point of no return. Uh, literally, had we gone lower than that, you can't retrieve somebody at that, after that point. But Hashem, of course, who is in charge, He made sure to step in right at that point so we wouldn't get there. Zroan the Tuya, outstretched arm, literally, Hashem reached in and said, okay, that's it, you know, and then He pulled us out before we took that last step. It could be that we were still in it, that we were still in the 49th, but starting to come out. Because Sirah Omer is 49 days, which starts from the second day of Pesach. So I think that we're still there in level 49, I think. And then we're, but we're, now we're coming, let's say level 49 is like this wide, right? So we're in here and we're going like this now, going this way, this way, this way. The other possibility is that we actually started to rise up and we were going 
48, 47 already. But that really wouldn't quite correspond to Sphira Sa'omer and how that works. So I'm more inclined to say that we're still at the 49, but starting to go up. Yeah. All this time we're still on the first. Yeah. So what's that? Yeah, please. Um, the other question was yeah. about the good and the evil. Yeah. Right, so remember that the balance between Tov and Ra fluctuates. And so there will be times in reality when Ra is very strong, like those first 2,000 years of creation, Shnei Alafim Tohu. Ra was very powerful. So what was the balance there? Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu and his family, they were the balance of Tov. They were about the only Tov in the world at that time. So that's the balance, weighted much toward Ra. Then you get to a time like Shlomo HaMelech and Ba'is Rishon, Kriyas Yamsuf, where, where the world is much more, has swung much more toward good. So the balance is not 50-50. And we do fluctuate over history between these two, the emphasis on Tov and the emphasis on Ra. Over historical period, and also in our life as well, that we, we have moments in our life when we're, or eras maybe in our life, when we're much more prone to do good. Like we're in a, a higher frame of mind, mm -hmm. we're functioning better, we're thinking better, and then we have times in our life where we're more prone to do ra uh, because of things that happen to us. There's always a balance on the other side, but it may not be an equal balance. So when, when a person has a, an atiyah, is drawn toward something good strongly, there's definitely a yetzahor on the other side. And when a person has, the other way, something driving them to do an avera, there's a yetzahor tov on the other side. But at any, in any particular moment of choice, that may not be a 50-50 balance. But the amazing thing is that a person can still do tov even if it's more heavily weighted toward Ra. Because that doesn't mean that it's impossible to do tov, it just means it's harder. But it can be done. Yeah, please. Are you saying that we're still on level 49 going up even in the present time? No. No, we went all the way up to the top which was Harsinai. So that was the top. We reached the top level. Then Chedo Egel brought us down. But we're still, we still have ups and downs in history. So Chedo Egel brought us back down. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu came back and Klai Yisrael did a level of tshuva there. We rose up to going into Eretz Yisrael, to the Malchus Beis David, Shlomo HaMelech, that's putting us at a very high place again. And then over history with the destruction of the Bate Migdashos, and now where we are now, we're probably on the 49th level of Tumor right now. Most likely. Sure. In, in my opinion. My, my opinion. Right. No, but here's the thing. That's a very important thing that you're saying. So the Ramchal said here 
that it was something that lasted for Lanetzach and it was Laolamin. So our Sforam HaKadoshim tell us once we left Mitzrayim and had Matan Torah, we, there is no longer the idea of going to a place where you can't return from. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Matan Torah is a safety net. It's built into the Jewish people. There is no such thing as leaving and not being able to come back. So even though we've descended in history and in almost yes. 2,000 years of Golus, a, a large amount, but that Matan Torah experience that's inside of us always will keep us on this side of the line. Yeah, please. It's, it's significant because it's, uh, all of Kla Yisrael is connected, we're all attached. So what one pe- person experiences is connected to what everybody experiences. And you have certain great people who are able to have an experience which is like a Kla Yisrael experience because of their level of greatness. Now, Christianity took that idea and they distorted it. But they got it from us. Because that's an outgrowth, you know, they, those first Christians were Jews. Right? So they took ideas from Torah, but then they twisted them. So we don't believe, in, for example, that just because one person suffers, so other people don't have to do tshuva. No, one person suffering doesn't mean I don't ha- I'm off the hook. No one's suffering for me in that way. But it also doesn't make that person God. And so the concept that he is suffering and he is God and divine, the God's son, what they call, it's, it's completely foreign to us, it's Avodah There's nothing about that which makes a person God. So there's a human experience of suffering and a great human being because of his or her feeling, empathy, depth of connection to Klai Yisroel can suffer and that suffering is kapora for other people. But, but they still have to do tshuva, and they're still responsible for their own lives. Does that imply, as a corollary, that when we observe great people suffering, that this is on purpose, that this is to create a tikkun? That's only for the very great. So, for example, what's called the surim shel ahava, the surim of love that Hashem has for people, that's only for the greatest people, and they have to accept that willingly. If they don't, then they don't have it. A few cases like that in the Gemara in Brachos, when somebody is suffering, one of the Chachamim and another one says to him, Are your Yisurin precious for you? So he says he doesn't want them. I don't want their sting, I don't want their honey. Right, so there has to be a certain willingness on behalf of that, on behalf of that person to experience that. That's the Yisurim Shalava. So on a mundane level, yeah. we're not to think that way. For most people? Yes. Right. Uh, my 
right, we, a mundane level. We just we, we are to take care of our own lives and the people who are in our vicinities and within our orbit, and you know serve Hashem in in that way. Yeah. 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 Please, I'll, I'll work this way. Please go ahead. Yes, and that's a Rashi in the Torah. There were eighty percent of Klal Yisrael didn't leave Mitzrayim. They died in the plague of Koshat. It's a lot of people. Right? But the Pre-Tzaddik writes, Ritzaddik Hakohen, who talks about these ideas, he said those neshamas were not lost to Klal Yisrael. That they came back in. So they did not get the physical experience of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Those people, and they died there. But their neshamas are eternally. Jewish, and they were, so to speak, recycled, recirculated, Gilguli, back into Klal Yisrael later in history. So no, no Yiddish and Nishamli is lost. Yeah, please. please. When you say <coughs> we are on the 49th level, yeah, in my opinion. Some people that might rise above that at the same time that others don't. As a nation. As a nation. So surely Klal Yisro was on the 49th level of tomb, but there's Moshe Rabbeinu, right? He's not. But he's there, right. But still, he, but, he, but he's affected by it. He's there with them, and he would never separate himself from the Am and say, you know, I'm this and you're that. But he's still Moshe Rabbeinu in Mitzrayim. He's experiencing Nevua in Mitzrayim. You know, he's not on the 49th level of Tuma. The nation is. But you, yes, you have Yehidim who, are, who, are, who have surpassed the Am. But, but the godless of leadership in the Kala Yisrael is such that our leaders would never separate themselves from the people. Right? You're Miyahu Hanavi, the, the same one who's chastising Kala Yisrael. Do tshuva, the Beis HaMikdash is going to be destroyed. And they didn't listen to him, and they threw him in jail, and he suffered and everything. So when Klai Yisrael is going out into Golis, so he puts himself in chains along with them. He didn't say, I told you, you know. And, and the Malchus, the government that conquered the Jewish people, they said to him, you don't have to be part of this. They recognized he was great. He put himself in chains along with Klai Yisrael. They made him get out. You know, they wouldn't, the, the authorities there made him get out. But he's part of Klai Yisrael. So here he is on, on, a very, on a very different level in understanding what's happening and teaching the people, being mochiach the people, but never separating himself from the people. That's a true Jewish leader. Yeah, please, Miriam. Yeah. Um, it says, like, you Mechaper, right. Not of an avihu, yeah. Right. Yeah. When a great person dies, how is that a kapara? How is that, like, how is that clean? The, the, the kapara is the cleaning, right? Yeah, cleaning, purification, purification. right. Purification. Mm-hmm. How does that purify the rest of the people? Okay, so here's the idea. Remember that every misa is a kapara. Uh, misa, by definition, is a kapara. When a person dies, that's the final tikkun for them from eating from the etzadas. Because death is a result of eating from the tree of knowledge. 
So that Misa is a Kapora, any, any person's Misa is a Kapora. But just like you have, on a smaller scale, people who are having Kapora for themselves, Tzadikim who are connected to Klal Yisrael in a very deep way, and they're helping Klal Yisrael in a deep way, there's a, there's a Klal Yisrael inside of them. Like, for example, use Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was considered to, be, to have included all of Klal Yisrael in him. That's a deep concept, but that's the idea. So in, any tzaddik, depending on their greatness, has, has a certain Klal Yisrael component to their own personality. They're that connected to the Am. And therefore, when they die, their Misa, which is by definition a Kapara, is not only for them personally, but for everybody that they're connected to, which is their door, their nation. The purification is like an of their... It's more like cleansing of Ra. It uh -huh. takes away Ra okay. from, from the world and from people. Uh -huh. Yeah. Did you have a hand up the one? Yeah. Couldn't quite tell. Yeah, yeah. Why are we here? <laughs> okay. Um, but just that last thing, I guess. Um, yeah. Doesn't everybody? Ha I mean, the Lord of the Torah, that there's a chelik of everybody and everybody. Right. So it was a matter of some actualization with someone like Moshe Rabbeinu and great that their effect is greater, but everyone has the potential to have that effect on everyone in Klal Yisrael. Yeah. I mean, what Revison is saying is that every Jew, in a certain way, is connected to all of Klal Yisrael, which is true. Chaverim Klal Yisrael is literal. We're all connected, but some people actualize that on a much greater level. Tzadikei Hador, yeah. Okay. Yeah, please, Linda. Yeah. Just real quick, with that Gemara, was the rabbi who decided he didn't want the Yisurim, was he was he looked down at? No, no, not looked down at. That's just an an acceptance of the of that reality, not criticized for that. Yeah. But he knew himself. He knew what his abilities were. Right. Yeah. Where his limits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a question. We're talking about that, that it would seem that there could be some guilt acquired when a great person is suffering because of what everyone else has done. But then when you said that there, that made sense then to me that it has to be Mayava because if they're actually enjoying it, so to speak. So to speak, right. So to speak, not enjoying right. it because right. they're massive. They know it's purposeful. They know it's, right. Yeah. So then that would take it's away good the guilt. Because otherwise I wouldn't see I would, wouldn't acquire more guilt because right. we're responsible for the suffering of a great That's person. a good point. Maybe the being macabre. Rabbi says saying that maybe there'd be some guilt if, if it's Adik is suffering for other people, so maybe there would be some guilt uh, held by those other people because it's Adik is suffering. So Rebison is pointing out that perhaps that's why it has to be accepted by Ahava. That from his point of view, that this is purposeful and meaningful, so therefore that removes the load of guilt from other people, perhaps. But I, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Please, yes. Right, so here's an example, the eighth plague of, of Arbe. Mm -hmm. So Arbe was locusts. The, the Balaturim writes that the locusts did not consume food on Shabbos. 
They stopped on Shabbos. Fascinating thing. So here they are, the swarms of locusts, she'en kamon, there never was such a thing like that in all of history. They're eating everything inside Shabbos time they stop. That's what Baal writes. So my Rebbe is at Sarabit, first he said, the eighth plague, which is Arbe, the plagues in Mitzrayim, in terms of the spheros, they started from the bottom, Malchus, and were working themselves up, up the chain. Now, in, the, in that realm of Midos, the eighth one up is called Bina. And Bina means mevin dovor mitoch dovor, that a person is meant to infer and deduce from what is happening deeper things. So it's the kind of intelligence that from something that I see, I can infer something else. So what was one to infer when they, when they saw the locusts not eating on Shabbos? Something's going on here. It was an expansion of Bina. What's happening here? The Mitzrim chose not to see that, as they did all through the plagues. So choosing not to see what that plague represents, choosing not to see this unusual event that they're not eating food on Shabbos, that's the maka for the Mitzrim. The Jewish people observing that, connecting that, realizing what's happening, that is a tikkun, that's healing for them in their area of bina, of inferring from what's happening the larger picture of Shabbos. So that's an idea in one of those plagues as to how each side is addressed during that plague. That comes from Rabbi Tversky Zatzal. He, he taught us that idea. Yeah, yeah please try Yes. He had a choice that he could choose. Lechora, yeah. The rat, I'm sorry, I don't remember, it would be Hanina maybe. I forgot, in the Gomorrah who was suffering, yeah. yeah. So, but if Hashem, isn't that like sort of a lack of Yitzhakon? I mean, none of us would choose Yisrin or whatever, I mean, if right. we had a choice. Right. But isn't it like saying, Right. Because the, those those Yisurin, right? Those Yisurin are not imposed, right? The ones that we live with as people that we go through life, Hashem, who's running the world, running our lives, He is giving some people Yisurin, yes. and that's coming from Him. That's His wisdom, His knowledge. We don't have a choice. He knows what's best for us, and somehow we have to accept that, live with that. But that's a different kind of Yisurin. That's a different kind, right, right. Right, they're above and beyond Yisurim. They're not personal Yisurim, which people do have to undergo if Hashem ordains that. Yisurim Mishal Ava like this are not about that person. He's accepting them on a higher level for others. Right, it's above and beyond. So therefore there has to be a willingness to do that, to be makabal that Ba'ava, 
So it's not about him anymore. He did his own tikkun. It's about what he's willing to take on for, for the nation. This level of tzaddikim. We're talking about extremely great people. Yisurin Shalava. You know, it's, it's a unique level into itself. It's, it's not a level that, shall we say, I don't want to say most tzaddikim because tzaddikim are tzaddikim. But this is an extra, extra lofty, great, very, great, very great person who has this choice to take down or not take that on, and they have to know themselves whether or not they, are, they can do that. It's unusual, right? It's not, it's not, your, typical, not your typical thing in life. Yeah. Doria, please, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Suffering. Right, right. Loli de Nisayin, Loli de please, Hashem, don't. Do this to me. We don't want to have Yisurim. Absolutely. So this is a whole different parsha of Yisurim Shalav. It really is a, it's a unique, different parsha. It's for a very certain kind of person who is at that level to accept that. It it, it plays itself out, I believe, in the Misa of Rabbi Akiva, right when the Romans are torturing him to death, and so the Talmudim say, "Ad Khan, you can go this far." So from their point of view, like, how can, they, how can a person do this? His flesh is being scraped off his body by the Romans. And Rabbi Akiva's perspective, his reality, is that I've wanted to do this my whole life. Finally, I have the opportunity to be Mekayim Bechol Nafshecha. So he's living in a completely different you know, frame of mind than most of the people who are around him. And that's the kind of person it takes. Yeah, yeah, Rebison, please. Um, so, not that I have to defend the Tana, but right. it would seem that his choosing to say no, like you said, it, it's more self-knowledge in his comment mm-hmm. that, that implies that there could be negative repercussions. If you don't right. do that correctly, then it carries a sting, right. and he doesn't want to be responsible mm-hmm. for them. I'm thinking of the ten martyrs, and they had to... You know, they they needed to know from upstairs that this was something to be accomplished. Right. They didn't just like say, "Oh yeah, we'll do it." Right. Because the Asura Haruge Malthus, before they were killed by the Romans and tortured to death, they sent one of them upstairs to find out is this decree emis. They didn't just say, "Yeah, you know, bring it on." They said, "Let's find out what's happening up there." So Rabbi Shmuel Cohen goes up. Me'achori hapargod, and they said, yes, this is a decree, okay, then we're, we're Mechaba. So it's not just something that they did. They first looked into it, Lufi Madre Gosam, very carefully. Thank you. Yeah, Regina, please. Let's say you have a Yishurim, and you say, well, I did something that Hashem didn't, I did, I, something happened to me rather than them, and though it's, it's, you know, you, how can you just say that why Hashem gave it to us as it to somebody else? We don't know why. Huh? We don't know why. But, but, but we, we know it has a reason. Therefore, therefore Hashem has not given you this, uh, just like that, oh yes, here's a ton of stuff right. you don't want to have. Or, but you say, well, this happened to me. 
There's a reason for it. It's not just happened. There's a reason for that. We often, we probably most often don't know why. Hashem has his reasons for why people have to go through what they go through. It's always good to do tshuva and, and amend one's ways. That's always a good thing to do, but we don't know if it's going to match up. But it could have not been something right. just, right. You know. right. Could be something deeper than that. Okay, we should all be healthy. We should all be well. Have nachas, have bracha. All good things. And Bras Hashem will see you next week. Have a great week. Yes, thank you. That's always a hard discussion.